Capital One is a proud partner of the Roden Fellows Program, which provides opportunities to aspiring sports journalists from historically Black colleges and universities to produce content, including this podcast, throughout the year. Capital One supports this program as a part of their larger commitment to the advancement of students from HBCUs. Welcome to the first episode of the Roden Fellows podcast for 2022. I have to start by saying Happy New Year, and of course, we hope everyone enjoyed the holiday. My name is Kayla Sweezy of Morgan State University, and today I am joined by a few of my Roden Fellow colleagues, producer Kiana Robinson of Hampton University. Hi, everybody. Alice of North Carolina A&T. Hey, hey, everyone. And last but not least, of course, we had to ring in the new year with special guest, Mr. Bill Roden. Hey, guys. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for pulling me in to 2022. So what better way to start today's episode than to reflect on all that we accomplished in 2021? It was the first half of the Roden Fellowship, so we definitely were super excited, got a lot of good opportunities I know my highlight of 2021, I've said it several times in these podcasts and just to the fellows, was going to the ESPYs. That was a great way to kick off this fellowship. But Alexis, from you, what do you think was your highlight of 2021 with the Roden Fellowship? And what are you looking forward to in this new year? Um, For me and around, I think it was August or September, um, me and Sarah, she's actually a fellow from Howard University, we got to go to Atlanta, Georgia and actually witness the first um, ESPN college game day that took place for HBCU game. And we also got some camera time on ESPN. So that was really, really cool. Never imagined um, we were going to be able to do that. Also, I feel like coming into the new year, I'm really excited um, to start covering basketball. Yes, definitely a lot of basketball on the horizon. So that's exciting for all of us. Kiana, what were your highlights of 2021 and what are you looking forward to? I think for me, 2021 was just, um, it was just a really good year, especially with going to all these events, like the final, um, I went, not the finals, the playoffs. I went to two playoff games and I also got to go to the NBA draft. So it was amazing to be there and kind of just sit back and reflect how much, um, how much has changed for me because I just remember sitting down on my couch watching those things and to be able to attend them was just like a a wow moment for me and I'm like Alexis and you two I'm really looking forward to covering basketball yeah I definitely second that just that we used to watch these games and these events on TV and then in 2021 we really got to take like a dive into it and be there present so that was definitely a perk of this internship Mr. Roden, what about you? What were your highlights of 2021? Uh, well, you know, meeting you guys, that was selecting, selecting this class of fellows was definitely a highlight. And getting to meet, uh, getting to meet you was great. Um, I think uh, when three of you came up to New York for the ESPYs, uh, we had a chance to go to dinner. That was great. And um, so that was definitely a highlight. And uh, getting a chance to work with a couple of you, I think that uh, uh, Alexis and Kayla, I think we went to a Ravens game in Baltimore. Uh, that was that was cool. And then um, 
I, I think I met you, Kayla, at the Morgan's homecoming. So that was great. So that was definitely um, a highlight, selecting this class and getting to meet you. And then along the way, um, you know, there are stories, um, you know, uh, you know, the Deshaun Watson story was and continues to be kind of bizarre, um, you know, uh, going to the, you know, going to the uh, final four, um, you know, I, I went to, I wanted to go this year, I wanted to go to a couple of events uh, during the, um, during COVID, just to kind of compare and contrast what it was like. So I went to the Super Bowl uh, down in Tampa. After I drove down there because I wanted to see what was a COVID Super Bowl like, and it was bizarre. And then I went to the men's final four just to see what that was like. And again, bizarre was just very little media there, just the media more than cut in half. It was just in, in having cardboard people in the, in the, you know, in the stands at the Super Bowl. So that was very bizarre as we continue to make our way through uh, COVID and sports. So those are just a couple of things, but I definitely say the highlight was uh, naming this class of fellows and getting to meet you guys. Yes, I think we all took advantage even in a pandemic and travel restrictions. We still got to go to a lot of events, meet Mr. Roden and just network with the other fellows. So that was definitely a highlight of 2021. But I know all the fellows in this class, especially admire you, Mr. Roden, and just your career and where you're at now in your career. But can you tell us and just the listeners where that all started and just talk a little bit about your early career and your time at Morgan? Yeah, uh, you know, just just briefly, um, it all started, you know, Kayla, as a fellow Morgan Bear. Uh, that's where things started for me at Morgan, uh, going there as a as a you know student athlete way back when, back back in the day, uh, <clears throat> and having no idea that um, you know, fifty years later or four, whatever it is. I'd, I'd be working in this great industry called journalism and sports journalism. But, um, you know, just funny when you look back on your careers, uh, you don't see it now how, you know, years later you'll look back on things that happened in college and you'll realize that that was sort of the beginning of stuff. And for me, uh, you know, getting to uh, play football, uh, just get the experience of, you know, playing at places like Yankee Stadium and just being on a team and um, sitting in a journalism class and having the professor who happened to be part of the, the Murphy family that founded the Afro-American newspaper basically tell me that uh, if I didn't get drafted or if I chose not to go to grad school, then I was to report to work at the Afro in February of 1972. And uh, Little did I know that when I did that, I'd be working uninterrupted for the next, I have to do my math. What's 1970, what's 1972 minus 2022? Whatever that is, um, you know, I'd have, I'd have no idea that for the next X number of years or decades that uh, I'd be working in the profession. So that all started at Morgan. And, um, you know, and, and just uh, 
going from the Afro and then uh, work at the Afro. I say I kind of got my bachelor's degree uh, in journalism at the Afro, got a master's at Ebony Magazine and the Baltimore Sun, and then kind of got my doctorate at the New York Times, and now getting a postdoctorate at uh, The Undefeated. So, um, you know, it's, it's really been, uh, uh, you know, it's just been a great career and uh, it's still unfolding, you know, uh, working with the Roden Fellows, you guys represent the fifth class. And who would have thought that, um, you know, 2016, that uh, Disney and ESPN and The Undefeated would um, create something called the Roden Fellows, to which took me back to my time in Morgan. You know, I'm sitting in the classroom at an HBCU in Baltimore, and little did I know that I'd be working at some of the great institutions in journalism, and now being able to uh, be part of a fellowship that gives young journalists from HBCUs the same opportunity. You know, hearing you guys talk about your, uh, you know, your experiences is very gratifying and probably uh, continues to be, uh, you know, maybe one of the most gratifying things of, uh, of my career. So um, that's kind of a, a thumbnail sketch. It's, you know, not so much what you accomplish, but at a certain point, uh, how do you pass the torch? And how do you begin to pull uh, new, new generations into the business? So uh, all of that continues to be the highlight of, uh, of my career, but it's a career that really began at uh, Morgan State. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. I think that is giving me hope as a Morgan Bear to hopefully see a career with that much just experience and opportunity. But like you said, passing the torch, we have to mention the Roden Fellowship application is open now until January 20 or January 17th, I believe, is the final date to submit that application. So we are encouraging all HBCU students with a passion for sports journalism and just to go to these events that we're talking about and to just create podcasts like this one to apply to that application. And that's probably the best way to do what we're doing and to see success with other HBCU students as a sports journalist. But with all that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Kayla. No, you can go. No, I was just saying before we move on to the next segment, I was wondering from each of you, you know, um, you talked about the applications being open for the next uh, class of fellows. Uh, I'm just curious from each of you, uh, knowing what you now know, um, you know, in January, I guess you still have a few more months to go in the fellowship. But when you look back on it, and if people were to ask you um, about the fellowship and how to get the most out of it, I'm just curious to hear from each of you, uh, Kiana, Alexis, and Kayla, what would you tell uh, uh, people who want to apply um, about the program and how you would take full advantage of the program, knowing what you now, you now know? Um, I can start, and I would definitely just say a big thing is networking. So we have the undefeated and then we have Disney and now there's Disney on the yard, which is an initiative for HBCU students at Disney and just amplifying HBCUs. I think that there's so many different people and just 
programs that we can connect with outside of the undefeated. So if you really want to take full advantage of this opportunity, networking would absolutely be ideal for that. And secondly, I think just being open and showing that you're versatile and can you you can write and you can do social media. I know when I came into this internship, my main focus was writing. And now I really do have a passion for creating and doing the more digital media, social media aspect. So I think if you come in with an open mind and you're willing to network and talk to people that you definitely can find your space. Yeah, I most definitely agree with that. I think um, you have to be willing and open-minded and most of all motivated and passionate to be able to do the things that we've been doing because it's going to take a lot because, you know, we're, we're both in school and we're working. So you have to be real motivated to do what we have to do. And also just reaching out to different people um, all across the company, not just within ESPN, because um, you'll never know what, type, what, what kinds of people you'll meet that'll help you. Oh, yeah. Just like Kiana and Kayla, one thing I would say, too, is to not, you know, be complacent once you get here. Um, I think a lot of people feel like, okay, I just need my big break. I just need somebody to open the door for me. I feel like it also has to do with not being complacent once you get here. Um, Still pitching those ideas, um, still, you know, being a decent person and being somebody that the other fellows can rely on. Like, you know, let's say, for instance, you get overwhelmed with school and, you know, you need another fellow to remind you like, hey, you know, we're meeting at this time. So just being, you know, there for the fellows, um, kind of like, you know, we're all getting our first start in sports journalism through this program. So just really being a shoulder for other fellows. Um, and then also I would say as far as complacency, just really um, taking pride in your own ideas. The Undefeated has us here because they want to hear what we have to say about HBCUs. They want to hear about our ideas outside of HBCUs. So just really taking pride, um, you know, in your own ideas. You know, everybody can interview, everybody can report, but nobody has the same ideas as you. So I definitely do think my fellowship here, of course, it's not over yet, um, but my time here has definitely made me take pride in my ideas. Mm. Cool. Well, thank you, guys. So I'm just, it's, it's great to hear that that uh, you know that thing. And and uh, I guess before I hand it back to you, Kayla, I want to congratulate uh, Alexis uh, being named to the Sports Journalism Institute uh, out of Arizona State. Um, well deserved, and just a big congratulations uh, on on uh, that opportunity. You know, you're going to take full advantage of it. Thank you, Mr. Roden, so much for that. Yes, absolutely. And I think that opportunity that Alexis has just goes to show how hard the Roden Fellows are working, the success they're seeing with the undefeated and already in the second half of our fellowship looking towards the future. So if you're interested in applying, January 17th is the deadline. You can find the application on the Disney Careers website. So Kiana kind of alluded to it, but we are working and we are also students. And for me, I'm a student athlete. So we really have a lot of responsibilities we're juggling and that comes with stress. And I know that stress is gonna be amplified in this second semester. All six of the Roden Fellows are graduating. That means that we're also job searching. So guys, how are we handling this stress and any mental health issues that may accompany it? Alexis, what's your take? How are you feeling? Um, so for me, it's kind of like, 
I'm just trying to just focus on what I can control. Like for instance, I'm, you know, I'm a, I, well, before SJI, I was applying to different programs. Um, you know, I recently decided that I want to go to grad school as well. Um, so, you know, that can be, a, that can be a lot, you know, the fellowship, schoolwork, grad school applications, still making sure to pitch, et cetera. Um, so I feel like for me, the way I've gotten through it is just to control what I can control. So like, you know, I can control getting my applications in on time. I can control, you know, sending emails and networking and stuff like that. You know, I can't really control who accepts me and, you know, who I get the yeses and no's from. Um, but I can control, you know, if I'm turning in stuff on time, I can control, you know, reaching out to certain people. I can control following up. So just really, you know, honing in on what I can control and just know that, you know, whatever opportunities I am, you know, going to have, they're already there for me. Yeah, Kiana, and how are you feeling? Uh, me, I'm just taking every day, um, one day at a time because everything can get overwhelming. I know last semester it did because I literally had a meeting almost every single day. So you just have to take things one day at a time, um, do things that you love and things that, um, you know, don't correlate with homework and school and things like that, because you also have to have time for yourself. That's a really big thing. But um, as far as jobs go, you just really have to um, keep applying um, and keep a positive mindset about it because some things will be for you and some things won't be for you. And that's absolutely okay. You just have to keep a positive mindset about it. Yes, I agree with the both of you. I think that the job search aspect can be a little bit stressful, but personally, I'm making sure that doesn't take away from the remainder of this fellowship because we still have months of events and stories and things to do for the undefeated. For me, I still have my last season. So I'm trying to capitalize on that and really take advantage and enjoy that and not let any stress from job searching take away from it. But we are on the cusp of returning to campus. Classes are about to start for the spring semester. Of course, there are concerns with COVID, but now we have some additional concerns this past week, several HBCU campuses got bomb threats, and that has added a whole new layer of just safety concerns to these HBCU campuses. Does anyone have any predictions of where they think maybe these threats came from or how they're feeling returning to campus with all these different safety concerns? Hmm. Wow. Well, it is. I, I, I can't, you know, um, I keep going back. When, when you, you know, when I first heard the story, I kept thinking about uh, the explosion in, in uh, 1963, 13th Avenue Baptist Church in Birmingham. And just thinking about the whole, um, and I don't know what you guys think, about this whole unbroken, um, I guess, mentality of trying to Im uh, intimidate African-Americans, whether it was the bombs, the bomb threats, threats of violence, um, you know, it, it, uh, it, it's, I, I guess it's just a reminder uh, that the struggle kind of, uh, it, it continues. But I'm just wondering what impact that has on each of you when you heard of the story. Um, were you intimidated? Did this embolden you? Did it strengthen you? What, what impact does this kind of story have on each of you? Um, for me personally, I just think that being in class when I'm on campus, I have a very 
just reassuring feeling. And I always feel very safe being surrounded by my classmates, by other black people. I never really think twice about my safety because it is a very loving and comforting space on my HBCU campus. So it is interesting to have that outside threat and perspective of our safety being intruded upon. So I think that is interesting for me. I think the biggest thing is just being frustrated about it because I do feel very safe on my campus. So for that threat to come, it definitely causes anxiety for me and I'm sure other students. So that's my take on it. What do you have, Alexis? Um, kind of just like what Kayla said, for me, um, all my life I've gone to um, predominantly Black private schools. So I haven't really been, you know, fortunately for me, I haven't really been the minority too many of the times, you know, high school. Um, I went to Bishop McNamara High School, Performing Arts High School um, in Forestville, Maryland. It's predominantly Black. And, um, you know, and now I went to FAMU my freshman year, another HBCU. Now I'm at North Carolina A&T, which is another HBCU. So fortunately for me, I've been around a lot of positive Black people my whole life. So when I do hear these things. I think for me, of course, I don't ignore that racism is still out here and exists, but I think it kind of catches me off guard just because I've never had any, um, I guess you could say racial interactions. Um, But also, you know, with everyone, all these corporations and at the corporate level really reaching down to help HBCUs, um, I think that, you know, with everything that's going on, a lot of people forget that they're are still people out here that aren't as happy for us as we are and as our peers are of it. There's a lot of people out here that want things to remain the same and don't really want to see people's mindsets um, start changing. So definitely is disheartening. Um, But I think, you know, us, all we can really do is just keep, you know, encouraging people that look like us. Yeah. um, Actually, when I went to high school, this, I wasn't, I was a minority, so this thing happened actually to me in high school, so it's not really like a, uh, wow, because, I, I mean, this has happened before, but um, it's definitely shocking because I thought, you know, that we progressed a little bit. I mean, like Alexa said, I know racism is still out here, and it's very much still prominent, but um, it's a little bit shocking because um, I thought we moved past that a little bit, seeing as how... HBCUs are still here and um, they're producing some of the best students and some of the smartest kids, in my opinion. Um, So it's a little shocking. And I just hope that everybody is safe. I hope that um, it doesn't happen again. And I hope that they find the person who did this because at the end of the day, we're still students and we deserve to go to school and um, the same opportunities as anybody else. Mm. Um, yeah, so for me, when it comes to um, trends for the new year, I'm really hoping to see more of support for women's basketball. We saw a little bit of that with Candace Parker in the Chicago Sky recently. They got a lot of um, they got a lot of support, especially with Chris Paul um, buying tickets to a lot of the games so that other people can come and attend. Um, and also with Don Staley and everything that she's doing down at South Carolina, um, I'm really excited to see people getting. Behind that, especially being a former basketball player myself, um, you know, there what our stands were empty. Nobody was really coming to see us. So I'm really excited to see everyone that's been behind basketball and even people taking an interest in covering basketball. More people say, hey, I want to be an analyst for women's basketball. Um, I would definitely say three or four years, people weren't really doing that. So I think a trend that I'm excited to kind of see expand in the new year is people getting behind women's basketball. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And going off of the sports aspect, I definitely think in 2022, we're going to see more high ranked recruits committing to HBCUs. And I think this is going to just improve the competition and level of play at these respective HBCUs. We see it with Jackson State and Deion Sanders. I really think we're going to have more top recruits committing to HBCUs. That leaves me hopeful as an HBCU student athlete. Yeah, I most definitely think that there's going to be like an increase in support for HBCU sports, seeing as how um, Jackson State did and how they just took um, one of the rec- one of the top recruits. So I'm excited to see that because, you know, again, we can play just as good as any other school. Um, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah, um, I think that uh, name, image and likeness is going to increasingly um play a major, major, major role in intercollegiate athletics and maybe even below. Uh, just the other day, Charlie Batch, a former NFL quarterback who went to, I believe, Eastern Michigan, uh, reached out to a, uh, a recruit, a quarterback in Oklahoma who's thinking about transferring. And he said that uh, he, he told the person on Twitter, you should consider uh, Eastern Michigan because a bank that he was affiliated with will give him a million dollars to if he comes there uh, in terms of an endorsement deal. And that's Eastern Michigan. So I just think the name, image, and likeness is going to leave a huge, and I'm not so sure, positive impact on intercollegiate athletics uh, uh, going forward. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Mr. Roden. And I think that if athletes are going to be benefiting off of the name, image, and likeness, I hope to see HBCU athletes in that as well. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Roden Fellows podcast once again. We'd like to give a very special thanks to Mr. Roden for taking the time to be here today. Special thanks to our producer, Kiana Robinson, Parker Owens, and the ESPN digital audio content team. Get all of the Roden Fellows podcasts by subscribing to the Undefeated on the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Make sure to join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to make the Undefeated your go-to site for a soulful look at sports and entertainment. Have a great week, everyone.